tonight, we have an amazing event. We have a podcast that's created by one of our own here at Brick and featuring wonderful guests, community producers of our Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. So please give it up for Sonic Blackness All About Love Podcast. Mia Iman Smith, everyone. Wonderful. So good evening, everyone. My name is Nia Iman Smith, a.k.a. The Black Connection, and welcome to Sonic Blackness. Uh, I would dare to say that I am the first, the first, you hear me, the first podcast in history to have a live episode after one episode. Give it a round of applause for that. Sonic Blackness is a podcast at the intersection of black music and memory. And so what we're going to be doing tonight, not just myself, but along with um, some wonderful, wonderful dope folks, we are going to be sharing some stories about love and also sharing the songs that have soundtracked those moments. And I especially want to thank the wonderful people that I'm going to be sharing the stage with tonight. And as Matthew said, I want to thank you, the audience, because without you, we would have no audience to listen to to these wonderful stories, all right? So just to give you a little bit of context, so Sonic Blackness, the name is inspired by two particular things, or actually it's inspired by one thing and it's a play on another. So the name is inspired by the god, the legendary black American musician, Rasan Roland Kirk, who was a multi-instrumentalist and also a composer, who in 1972 had an album called Blackness, in which he stated, we don't mean to eliminate nothing, but we're just gonna hear the black notes at this time, if you don't mind. Sonic Blackness is a podcast that is dedicated to the way in which we hear ourselves. So it is a play on a um, musical theory by a musicologist named Nina Sun Enshime, who has the theory of Sonic Blackness, spelled B-L-A-C-K-N-E-S-S, but her theory is more concerned with how others hear us, how others perceive our music, how we're racialized in the world through sound. I don't care how other folks hear us. So tonight, we're gonna talk about how we hear ourselves. So, if you wanna check out the first episode of Sonic Blackness, which is, I hear it's pretty good, um, you can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can uh, listen to podcasts to hear the first episode, Dear Marvin, which is my love letter to Bed-Stuy. It is a love letter to somebody who is actually flanking me on your left and my right. Um, and also to uh, some magical house parties that this good brother will put together that will all soundtrack to Marvin Gaye's classic, Come Live With Me, Angel, where if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you might hear it tonight. But I wanna forewarn you, if we drop that, you better have somebody to go home to. <laughs> all right, we'll leave it at that. Or, or go home to yourself. I often do. All right. Uh, <laughs> Oh, sorry, I got too excited, but I'm, I'm, she's a wild one. All right, so, sorry for the kids. Um, 
So tonight's title, All About Love, comes from, once again, another god in the pantheon goddess, um, person of being, um, Bell Hooks, who in 2000 wrote a book called All About Love, which is her meditation and reflective uh, reflection on the multitude of ways in which love play out in society and one's personal life. So she covers self-love, she covers familial love, she covers uh, romantic partnership, she covers platonic uh, friendships. Now, Y'all are here, I wanna make an old, I'm looking at every single person in this room right now, okay? Because I wanna make a vow. 2020 is the year I'm going to finish reading this book. <laughs> I got about 60 pages in, and mama was dropping some stuff that like hit me right here, just like right here. And I said, oh, Belle, I can't go on, I'm not ready to address that yet. Three years in therapy, still not ready to address it. But 2020 is the year in which we're gonna address it. We're cleaning out our heart closet. We're getting those chakras all together. And we are going to finish in a public declaration, Bell Hooks All About Love, all right? So in December, catch up with me on IG. That info is later. Check in with me to see if I finished it, because I would have, all right? But that's enough of me talking for right now. I want to introduce you to my lovely, lovely guests who are gonna be up here sharing the mic tonight and sharing their stories tonight, all right? So let us start off with a fellow queen, all right, who has come in, all right? Born in Aganya, Guam, and traveling around the world for most of her life, Angela Yvonne is making a name for herself to become a global household name. With her love for pop culture and travel, she is always in the know of celebrity news and the hottest places to go in different cities. As a multifaceted media correspondent, Angela has contributed to major brands such as Dr. Oz, Arise360, TheYBF.com, and Noni Chat in the UK. She is half of the award-winning podcast, Underqualified and Overopinionated, which you can get connected to via the free speech networks and also on Spotify, right? Angela, you on Spotify? Yep. She is also the host, uh, she was also the host of the L-Spot show for two seasons. Currently, Angela is the producer and host of Vegan Pop Eats, where she showcases the hottest vegan spaces in New York, educates and allows people to tell their story to veganism. Everybody, give a rousing round of applause for Angela Yvonne! <laughs> Thank you so much for a minute. I was like, who is she talking about? I'm talking about you (laughs) and your brilliance. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for everyone being here. And I'm ready. All right. That's what I like to hear. All right. Next, coming to the stage, we have a full-time actor, educator, writer, and nominated Be Free MVP which means in this case, most valuable producer, who is focused on creating safe spaces for black and brown faces to be vulnerable and authentic, authentic in every way imaginable. He is the creator and co-host of the Bespoke Award-nominated podcast, Highly Melanated, which you can also check out via Spotify, right? Apple, all, all, all your listening platforms, everywhere where you find podcasts, all right? He is the co-producer of another podcast titled Willing and Waiting, where he, along with his co-host, JPT Dub, talk about dating and the journey of celibacy from a male and female perspective with guest speakers. 
And lastly, he is the creator and producer of The Dear You Project, which is a podcast centered around vulnerability and sharing our stories to help encourage others in the POC community to let them know they aren't alone through a Dear You letter. And because of his work with The Dear You Project, he is one of the honorees of this year's Gay City News Impact Awards taking place on March 26th. Everybody give a round of applause for PJ Don't hurt him now. Don't hurt him now. Don't hurt that two step. Don't hurt him. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, guys. Last but not least, this brother is on the ones and twos, the wheels of steels, the Mac of attack. All right. This brother is a black man extraordinaire, artist, educator, DJ, performer, healer, and somebody who wants to inspire the people to transform and wake up. I introduce you all to the good brother. Uh, well, I was going to start with your DJ name, but let's start off with your government. John yeah. Kinsey, a.k.a. DJ John Medicine. Yeah. Hello, good people. Hello, good people. How y'all feeling out there? Right on. <clears throat> All right, all right, all right. So are we ready to get into this night of music and storytelling? Yeah. Oh, come on now. Y'all sound like yeah. y'all like, yeah. <laughs> get a little excited. Yeah. All right. They excited? Yeah. They excited. All right. So the first story up uh, for the night is going to come from the one and only Miss Angela, Yvonne. Yes. Uh, Wow. Not the body roll. <laughs> well, um, Mariah Carey, everyone knows Mariah, but her music is a soundtrack to my life. Um, one particular song that comes to mind is the song that you heard playing was Breakdown with Bone Thugs and Harmony. And it's a song of heartbreak. So, um, first of all, <laughs> I met this guy. I won't say his name because he might just pop up like Lucifer. Like Lucifer. I rebuke you, Jesus. <laughs> what his name was? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, we had met. I'm from a small town in North Carolina, and in North Carolina, I don't know if anyone's ever been to Fayetteville. I got family in favor. Yeah. You might know him! I rebuke you! <laughs> <laughs> well, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, the only thing that you can do is wait tables, eat, and go to Walmart. You know, because, you know, it's a small town. It's a military town. But, you know, I went to college there. I went to University of North Carolina at Pembroke. Woo, I'm a brave. Yes. Uh, but on one night, me and my friends were out there just hanging out. And, you know, I, I never had a small town mentality. I always knew that I was going to move and go somewhere else because my mom was military. You know, I spent most of my life over in Germany, came stateside, and anytime I get a chance to travel, that's what I do. But one day, we were just out, just messing around. We had just came back from Walmart. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do. That's real. Just came back from Walmart. And uh, we decided to sit and have some drinks. And he happened to be my waiter. And when I saw him, I thought, God, 
You know, ladies, you see him and your mouth just drops open. He was beautiful. He was like, he was Adonis to me at that time because in college, you don't know what Adonis looks like. You, you, just, you just think that anybody with good hair, light skin, green eyes. <laughs> about six four, you We're know, whatever. That later. I don't remember what he looked that's, like. I don't remember that's, what he looked like. Next, <laughs> that's next week. I don't, <laughs> like I, I don't remember what he looks like. But anyway, and so from that moment, I, we I felt a connection. Well, we felt a connection. So you know, I got his number, whatever the case may be, because you know I was independent and I could, you know, I can ask for numbers or whatever. And from that day, we were inseparable. Um, you know, right after that, you know, we got on the phone, you know, the hour-long talks and just doing whatever. And, you know, I wasn't a church girl, you know, but I believe in the higher power. But because of him, I decided to start going to church because that's where he was. He was a church boy, y'all. So, you know, as the time went on, <laughs> as the time went on, you know, you can see me on Wednesdays, Bible studies. <laughs> you can see me on Saturday. Bible study, and you can see me at the nine o'clock service because I was there. Did you have a church hat? No, but I had multiple, multiple outfits. Yeah, community. I outfits. didn't repeat because I was vying for first lady status. <laughs> I was vying for it. So you know, as things went on and progressed, I went, got baptized. You know, I was, I was in it. I was in it. I was in it. I was in it. But (laughs) I was in it, Lord. Oh, my God. I'm having a flashback. But anyway, so, you know, and as things went on, you know, I stopped, you know, cursing, drinking. I was just, you know, just giving, giving real (laughs) virginal teas. That's what I was giving. (laughs) I was giving. And so, you know, as time went on, you know, it was clear that we had different worlds because, you know, when someone is raised in, um, I don't know if everyone knows about different um, religions or subcultures, but when you're raised Pentecostal holiness, it's a whole different situation than you being raised like Baptist or, you know, because they're like one of the strict subcultures, I guess, for religion. I know. (laughs) You feel me? And so we never really got to the point where I guess we could be, you know, a couple because of the fact that he was, you know, I guess saving himself for marriage and I did not. <laughs> so with that, with that, you know, small flaw, we still were inseparable. Like when people would see us together, they would already think that we were already a couple. You know, I knew his mama, his grandmother. I could go over there, have my own cup. You know, I was, I was there. <laughs> I was there. I met his dad before he died. I mean, the whole shebang, he's coming up to my college campus. But still, that one flaw was something that he just couldn't, I guess, get over. So we never really got to the point where it was, where I could get first lady status. So, you know, the little girls who could, you know, get first lady status started coming around because, you know, he sung in the choir. He was on the praise team, Mm. (laughs) y'all. Yes, he was on the praise team. He could sing. He could sing. (laughs) 
and he was beautiful. He's about six four. He was like skin with the good hair. You better describe him since you don't tell us his name. But I still don't know what he looks like. I still don't remember what he looks like. But anyway, so <laughs> so without without with that going on, you know, another girl came into play. Ciao. And I will not say her name, but we were similar, but we weren't similar in that aspect. She was saving herself as well. So, but what's, what was so crazy about it was that she had the same kind of characteristics that I had. We were both Geminis. We were both, you know, you could tell that, you know, if I would have been, I guess, she was like my doppelganger or something, whatever the word is. And Yvonne so- Angela. <laughs> what? That was Yvonne Angela? No, but her name did begin with an A. Yeah, it was that crazy. So anyway, so with that happening, you know, she started, but he didn't really introduce her to me like that. It was almost like she just started popping around, like started showing up wherever we would be. And, you know, me being naive, like, okay, you know, she's in the church. She couldn't possibly want him, you know, blah, 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 blah. But come to find out that it was a, you know, a beginning relationship. Mm. But he couldn't tell me because I don't even know why, because he couldn't tell me. He just didn't tell me. I just sort of figured out for myself. And then I had to, you know, show a side of me that wasn't becoming of the first lady. <laughs> the first lady. Now, what exactly does that mean? What, the first lady? Well, no, the, the you had to show a side that wasn't... I cursed. Oh, okay. So I you called didn't call him. Like, he a call. I called him. I called him everything but the child of God. Okay. You know. And, you know, it was senior, senior um, exam week. And so I'm just sick. Just sick. I couldn't. I was just, oh, lost 15 pounds. I couldn't eat. I was just heartbroken. Just tore up. And that's where the song comes through. Because in the song, she's saying that don't you know that I'm struggling or, you know, I can't survive or I'm just throwing that around. But, you know, you heard the song or whatever the case may be because we were so inseparable. We were together all the time. Like we would work together and then we'd, I'd get on the phone when I get off work with him. And then whenever there was something going on, I would be there. You know, it was just it was just a lot for some someone, especially with me being so young and having to deal with the fact that, you know, not getting the title, I guess, at that time, that was very important. So they broke up, and he comes back. And, <laughs> you know, he comes back, and it's just like, <laughs> he comes back, and I'm just like, you know, you know, I give him a hard time, because at that time, we worked at, um, you should know, you know, Smoky Bones? Smoky North Carolina, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, North Carolina. Y'all so might be cousins, to be real. <laughs> Y'all might be related. So we were working there, and you know how when you're working in area, then you tell everybody what happened. So, you know, when they were dating, she would come in, and everybody would give the evil eye. It would be like from everybody, from the cooks, all the way down, because I told the story, and I'm just giving them extra drama and things of that nature. So when they broke up, you know, we, we just fell back into the same you know, same routine. It was just like the same routine, same routine, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I forgave him because I was just like, you know, <sighs> he didn't know what he was doing. He was just so, you know, blah, 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 blah. She comes back. She comes back. 
And at that time, it was just like, again, I had to act like I wasn't the first lady. So, but that time, you know, I included her because she wanted some. So, <laughs> so when that happened, then that was, <laughs> that was basically like, you know, the end all be all. But what's so crazy about it, I still speak to his mother. Like his mother, we call each other every weekend. He's now married. No, he married another girl in the church. <laughs> married another girl in the church. And that's a different story because, you know, while I was trying to be first lady, I had got involved in the church and she was over the TV ministry and, you know, just different things. I mean, it was, it was a mess. It was a mess. But when I really, when I, you know, after that happened, you know, I cut off all kinds of communications with him. And, you know, like two years ago, because I've moved to New York four years, he called me because, like I said, I still speak to his mother. Like, I can call her on the phone. Hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. She, you know, she still talks about how I'm the, you know, daughter she never had and all this other business. But, you know, we, we had a, a full circle moment because, you know, at that time, when you're heavily immersed into church, you don't really, I don't think that you really, um, how can I say it? Like, grow like you know, people who aren't, um, I guess, sheltered. So, you know, we had the conversation where, you know, I had to get him to understand how much that affected me at that time because it, it was a lot because, you know, when you're spending a lot of time with someone and someone, you know, you're sharing different things with them and then you know that a certain flaw that you couldn't have possibly helped um, prevents you from moving forward, it's, you know, it's, it's hard, and it's hard when you're young. So we, you know, we had a come to, come to, you know, full circle moment, and, you know, we're not cool, but, you know, we have an understanding now. But it was also a self-reflection because of the fact that I realized that, you know, it wasn't a flaw that I had. It wasn't a flaw. It was just, you know, sometimes people um, enjoy the energy that you give to them. Mm -hmm. And they enjoy the things you can do for them, but they don't know how to reciprocate or they never learned to reciprocate the same kind of energy. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, that's, you know, what I learned from it that, you know, I've always been a person where people are drawn to me like butterflies to flames, yeah. Janet Jackson, <laughs> you know, and people, you know, people are attracted to light. And I knew that I was his light in a world that there was no light. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Yes. All right, all right, all right. So we're, so we're going to get into a little discussion. So just to let you know, after everybody um, shares their story, we're going to talk a, a little bit. Um, and so I want to go back to um, your choice of Mariah Carey's. I'm just going to spin mm -hmm. myself around a little bit so I can be looking at you. Um, but go back to your choice for Mariah Carey's breakdown because yes. it's a very, very interesting time period mm -hmm. um, in Mariah Carey's life. So, mm -hmm. you know, 1998, we're seeing um, this album, Butterfly, coming out of the heels of her separation from Absolutely. Tommy Mottola, you yes. know, who was the head executive at Sony at that time. And this really being her album of independence. Yes. And so in thinking about that and thinking about this relationship between what it is that you were sharing, um, and you shared a lyric already, but were there any other particular lyrics from this song that during that time, as you were hearing them, you were like, yes, I'm relating to this Mariah girl. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. 
Well, with Mariah, she's she's very um, good at wordplay. So the whole song, any I can't really particularly like bring one out that I'm just like, oh my goodness, because with the bone bone thugs and harmony verses, you know, they they sing rap. So it's just the melody of it is what um, resonates with me. Just mm-hmm. the way she's saying, you know, I, you know, I can't survive, and how do you know, you know, I'm. I'm breaking down inside and you don't care. You're yeah. just going on with your life. Like it's it's cool, you know? And so with that song and at that, you know, just playing because I'm old, I like listening to older music. I like R&B and love songs all day, twice on Sundays. And, <laughs> and, so, and so with this song, it was just at that time, it, I just actually felt like my world was just coming to a halt, mm. even though I knew it wasn't true. But when it's when someone when you're doing something repetitively, and when I say we were joined at the hip, I'm talking about like when we wake up in the morning, we're on the phone getting mm. dressed, and then we're getting dressed, but we're coming to see each other. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I'm saying. So it was just like you know, and when people would see us, they would be like, "Are y'all married already? Or are y'all?" Because we had that chemistry, we had our own you know our own language. We mm. you know is people will see us would think that we need to, you know, have a comedy routine because we would just be all over the place. So, yeah, with this song, it was just just the way she was expressing her heartbreak was just something for me that every time I hear it, I'm just like, yeah, that it was rough. It was when I say that I would wake up and I would go take an exam, then come back home and get into bed and be crying. I mm. lost 50 pounds in like three weeks. Mm not eating nothing because I was just sick because she wasn't cuter than me. <laughs> I believe you. She wasn't. Yeah, no, I believe you. I believe you. And that's the word. <laughs> I want her to be bomb so I could be like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I would have went to Chad. <laughs> so, I needed to be bomb. Fireworks. Boom. I need all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So how do you feel when you hear this song now? Well, what's so crazy? I listen to Mariah like every other day, but I listen to different levels of Mariah. But when I hear the song now, of course I'm past it now. You know, I've you know I've evolved from that situation because again he's married and now you know he's not fine no more. So I don't have to. What do you, What do you look like now? <laughs> Somebody pull him up on Facebook. No, please, no. please. We didn't Where'd say his name. I didn't go? even say the name. Somebody. He's not on Facebook. He's not on Facebook. He doesn't even really do social media. But he's 6'4". Right, that's right. With the with the And there's a whole bunch of them in Brooklyn. April 20th. They come on out. It's springtime coming. But anyway, but um, you know, he's he's not to me when I look at him now, like when I see it when I, you know, like I said, we spoke like two years ago with me moving here, and you know, he's not I could walk past them now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing where I'm just like, oh my God, but if you would have talked to, you know, senior year at Pembroke, it would have been a whole, how am I going to make it, child? How yeah, am I going to yeah, make yeah. it? You know? But I think it was more so of, you know, um, with me, I'm very um, strategic with the people that I have around me. So whenever I do give you the opportunity to be my friend or be in my space, it's more so, I think I was more so um, cuckoo because of the loyalty that 
was missing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm really big on loyalty. I'm really big on, you know, friendships because you can't just call someone a friend. You can't just call someone a boyfriend. But when you when you involve someone in your personal space and you let them see your vulnerability. Why I can't speak today. Vulnerability. um, It's one of those things that once someone crosses that in your mind, you really can't understand why would you? Because, you know, I'm a firm believer. If I do something to you, I'm all for, you know, the consequence that you're about to give me. Yeah. But if I've never done anything to you, because, for instance, I remember I was, a, you know, while I was up in college and, you know, he was just working. He, you know, was going part time at a community college or whatever. And my friend Kathleen. That was a little shady. Had food that stamps. That was very shady. Yeah. <laughs> we caught that. Whatever. Um, I'm publicly saying nothing wrong with community college. My friend Kathleen had food stamps. I'm going to tell you how crazy I was. And she was just like, oh, you know, come with me. You know, I have a daughter. But at that time, that's when they were, like, really giving out food stamps. Like, they would give out $800 for, you know, two people. And so her, you know, her and her daughter... (laughs) Only needed it like I guess it was like only two hundred dollars, so that was like six hundred dollars left. So she was like, Angela, you know, I know you need food up at your dorm because our school is like an hour away from like you know the main part of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I didn't even think about myself. I thought about him. Mm. So I called him, and we in Walmart like getting Mm. steaks, shrimp. I mean, he, he wouldn't have bought no steak and shrimp if it wasn't for me. He wouldn't have bought no steak and shrimp. He wouldn't have. And I, you know, I hooked him up. Like, it was like, because she couldn't even believe it. She was just like, you called him? Like, what you calling for? I was like, because, because you know, if you're struggling college students and then you have to work and things of that nature, I was like, I'm sharing my wealth with him because of the fact that, you know, we were so you know, tight. Yeah. Like I could literally go over his house or his grandmother's house, have my cup, you know, when they're cooking Sunday. <laughs> I was allowed in the refrigerator. Like it was it was serious. It was okay. serious. Well, Angela, <laughs> I'm so glad that you have that you have um Arisen, arose, rose up, rise, all of that. From that that situation. But I'm also glad that you have Mariah Carey's breakdown to support you through it. So everybody give a round of applause for (laughs) a whole mess. (laughs) All right, so now we are gonna go to our good brother. PJ, who is going to share with us from the... Oh, here's a little fun fact. On Saturday, February 15th, this album, Infinite Possibilities, will actually be turning 20. Yes. So it's very, very timely that you pick this song to share with us, PJ. So with that said, PJ, share share your heart with us, brother. All right, guys. So... um, this is going to be a complete opposite direction from the happiness. Um, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Overjoyed. Overjoyed. You're, not, you're not talking about food stamps? <laughs> well, actually, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, mess, honey. I was 20 years old, and this was my first love. Um, how many of you watch Pose? I know you do. (laughs) No Sager. But um, there's a a story in there about Pray Tell and Ricky. 
um, those two characters where it was the older gay man um, who saw something in the younger guy. I was that younger guy. Um, Clarence, <laughs> I lovingly called him Junior. Um, we were together for three years. He, I was 20, he was 10 years my senior. Um, which, as I'm now 39, sounds a little different. Because um, I don't think I could do 29. Um, but this man molded my definition of what love is. And we just celebrated 20, well, we're approach, approaching 20 years of his passing. Um, we were together for three years. And this song, see, okay, so real story, real story. When I was given the idea about being a part of this, it, it was a, such a struggle for me to pick a song because there are so many songs in general that define love. Um, I always think that love and music go hand in hand. You can't have love without music and you can't make love without music because if you do, you're boring. Um, okay. So, um, <laughs> okay, and this is the only song that comes to my mind when I really think about the legacy and how I fe felt and still feel to this day about Clarence Edward Towns Jr. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer in. July of 2003 and passed away that September. And I was with him from beginning to end. Uh, the idea of love to me, I come from a family that we've been, if you with me, you with me till death do us part. And I mean that. I mean, if, if I got to kill you, I kill you. But, you know, <laughs> I, uh, strike that from the record. Uh, but... A lot of people don't take love seriously. Um, and I really believe that if someone says, I love you, I want to be with you, um, that's what that means. Not, I love your body, I want to be with your body. That's lust, complete different. Um, this song is actually also the last song I ever sung, period. I, I sing, but the last time I sang a song was this in his hospital bed. Um, and when we close out, it's the part of that lyric. Every time I would cry when I would hear it, because it would just make me remember in that moment he was having a fit. That day we were trying so hard for him to, the things that we take for granted, which is to get up, use the bathroom, get back in bed. Um... I don't know how much love you may think you have for somebody. You don't love somebody until you wipe them. Mm. And I'll be really honest with you. Um, cancer sucks. Yeah. We all know this. I know everybody here, everybody listening has been touched in one way or form by cancer. Um, and that day, we took so long just for, because he was determined. He just wanted to get up, go to the bathroom from his own hospital bed without us helping him, and us meaning myself and his sister, who just out of, out of nowhere decided to, I'm a part of this, but I was the one from there from beginning to end, um, which is also another story. We'll get into that in a quick second. Um, they, he did it. He got to the bathroom, 
And then he got back in bed, was so happy, so happy. And then he went to the bathroom on himself. And then he had a fit. And while he didn't want me to call the nurse, because he just we just told him that the nurse, um, we just told the nurse that he went to the bathroom. He's good. Um, so I took care of him. Um, I'm 23 now, and so I start singing this song to him to calm him down. And so now to this day, like even when I go on auditions, um, even for theater or anything, I I can't sing. I I, I have a really hard time singing in front of people. I'm working in it and through therapy. Um, but I am grateful for this experience um, that I've had with this beautiful human that was created for me. Um, all these years later, no one has still ever come close, not that you compare one love to another, because you shouldn't do that, because that's not wrong. There are two different human beings um, and two different spirits. Um, but I know what it was like to be treated like a king. Mm. And if you've never been treated like a king or a queen, don't sell yourself short to be treated like a jester. It's the only thing I could say. You better come through with a word. <laughs> you better come through with a word. Oh, okay, so maybe this wasn't a good idea for me to give this to you. But... His parents quickly kicked me out. We had our own place. When he got diagnosed, they thought it would be better for us. This was in Newark, New Jersey. Thought it would be better for us to live in the third floor of his family's house. Um, the night he died, they said, you can't live here anymore. And we're talking about in 2003, gay marriage, gay anything wasn't legal. It didn't mean anything. Um, so I was the one who, f made, who found out that he had cancer because we, we went to go see X-Men. He was asleep, and I came home. He was <gasps> breathing funny, and I was just like, okay, what's going on? So now we went to the emergency room and found out that he had um, lesions all in, all, um, tumors all in his chest. He was a smoker, a light smoker, but um, they diagnosed him with testicular cancer. Uh, he did not have testicular cancer. He had lymphoma. Anybody who knows anything about chemotherapy is nothing but poison in your body. So basically, Death Israel, a.k.a. De um, Beth Israel, um, in Newark, actually killed him. Um, his family immediately treated me like I didn't exist. Um, so for years, I've had a hard time connecting with people um, and learning what like I've always wanted that love from your family to accept me because of what I went through then but I need you to love me more in general because of what I went through then so I, this I don't I don't accept this and I I learned very uh, so many lessons um that a, someone under I mean someone in their in their 20s should never really have to learn um, but now I look at it in, in joy. I listen to the song in joy now. Um, because I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for him. And that's the power of love lost.
Yes. So one, let's 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 first talk about Amil LaRue because I think that she's somebody who does not get talked enough At about all. in terms gets- of her um, just the uh, ethereal quality of her voice. She's absolutely amazing. Um, can you talk to us a little bit just about your journey with Emil LaRue's music? And then why do you think this particular song chose you? Amel uh, LaRue, number one. Okay, everybody remembers Groove Theory, right? So, and nobody could pay attention to Bryson. He just thought he was a pretty guy. Um, but well, she he was, was fine. Was Bryce he? Wilson. He was fine. Was oh, he, he? was. Um, <laughs> oh, he was. I don't remember. You know, and, he, and he, he had this one note. That's all he did. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's I it. didn't think he sang He doesn't. All. He can't. Um, oh. Beautiful teeth. Beautiful teeth. Beautiful yeah, teeth. Yeah. Um, but Amela <laughs> Rue's voice was transcendent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, from infinite poly- possibilities mm-hmm. to mourning. Um, and most people didn't get a. a know her until morning but before morning was brave bird um and brave bird was bigger over the seas than Mm. it was here as Mm. most people overseas take more appreciation (coughs) to music than we actually do because we're you know americans or whatever lyrically dumb but that's that's my that's that the opinions described the just o's of pj ryan (laughs) (laughs) um she she has so many songs from even on that album. If, even if is amazing, um, from beginning to end, you can infinite, infinite possibilities. Morning had weary, and that right there yeah. is Ooh. I'm weary. Like mm. I want someone to love me. I mean, just for me. Like I'm gonna have a moment, <laughs> um, and it shows me because. There are several other songs that I could have picked, but they are not of the the part that strikes my core, mm. you know. Um, and she's beautiful, yeah. um, and just talented. Yeah. And the okay, so here's the, also the other thing. In 2000, when this came out, the idea of the the idea of someone to make you whole. Right. So I always when I listen to it now, I have a different understanding of what whole actually means. Mm. So whole doesn't require two people to be made whole. Um, When you're young, you think that. Yeah. And that's where I was mentally in that moment with this song. Now, the idea of creating what we create as a whole is what makes me whole, Mm. not. I'm not whole if I don't have a person with me. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Everybody give another round of applause for PJ Ryan. Do y'all hear this? Listen, just the control. Oh. Thank you. Thank you for welcome, letting me share that. Welcome. Um, and uh, if you ever get the opportunity, hopefully Emil LaRue will be putting out some um, some new stuff she had a soon. Jazz album, love yeah, standards. Yeah, or if um, or maybe hopefully she'll do something in celebrating this 20th anniversary. You know, that's the wave now. Jill Scott did some. Most right. Dev did. Excuse me, Yasin Bay. 
Yasin May. Um, did something for the 20th anniversary, so hopefully Emil would do the same. If you ever get the opportunity to see her live, go. I mean, go, it is a, absolutely, she go. sings like a bird. That is the only way to describe her. I saw her a couple of years ago at the Blue Note, and I mean, she just, it was a revelation. Um, and her younger daughter sings also as well, uh, just as beautiful voice. So absolutely, absolutely lovely family. All right, so now... We come. This brother has been working hard over here. I heard, I heard how you was playing. How you was playing that make me whole underneath while PJ. I heard that. I heard that. I didn't see it, but I heard it. So we out here. So now the brother has been on the ones and twos for the night, but this brother also has a story to tell. Jamed, you ready to tell your story? That's a yes. Mic check, mic check. All right, so um, this is this song is um, the hypnotic by the roots. Anybody ever heard this song? Yeah, give it up, give it up, give Woo! it up for this song. Like so, so this is like yeah, this is '96. Um, I just went to um, I just graduated from Boys and Girls. I went to Lincoln University in Pennsylvania, historically black college, the first historically black college. Um, and I'm at, I'm at school, and this song comes out. And it was like, it's funny, because I was at, because I was close to people from Philly, right? So I'm out in Philly, and nobody cared nothing about The Roots. I came in the room, I was like, yo, The Roots just came out with a new album. They was like, so? <laughs> I was like, but they from Philly. They was like, so? I was like, all right. So um, this song was so deep for me because, um, you know, I'm, I'm in my first year of college and um, I'm wilding out. I'm wild for the night. Like, my mother can't tell me when to go to bed anymore. I make my own schedule. I, like, I make my own classes. I got, I got my friends from high school at college with us. You know, like, it's like, it's crazy, but I'm having the time of my life. Like, make some noise if you remember your freshman year in college. Yeah, yeah. Woo! <laughs> and look, and look, this is funny because I just looked up and one of my students is here, so I'm not gonna really, really go. That's crazy, right? Who's your student? That's one of my students in the back, right? That's my man in the back, right? So give it up, one of my students in the back. Hey! You know right? So, um, so yeah, so I mean, yo, so I'm, I'm out at Lincoln, and um, I'm having a time of my life, right? So, um, just to, you know, long story short, I wilded out so much in my freshman year, it's like I had to be like born again in my, yes. in my uh, sophomore year, right? So, so, what happened was, uh, my love story is like two parts. One part is about a person that I met Right, that's one part. But then the other part is about the person that I met, right? Mm. Which is myself. So it's mm. like, uh, it's like. Um, so first of all, I went through this deep, deep, deep um, depression and transformation of myself. Like I stopped, you know, I stopped smoking, I stopped drinking, I stopped having sex. I was trying to, I'm like, I was finding myself. Like anybody ever been through that period, like that dark period in your life, where you're trying to. You trying to figure out like what am I doing? What is my purpose? What's my power? All these different things. So I was searching and I was searching and I was searching and stuff like that. So um, 
Yeah, it was like, uh, so, so what happened was I wound up, when I broke through and started to find myself and started to like myself for who I was, for who I really was, right? It's like, that's when I started reading. I changed my diet. Mm. Um, like, I started fasting. I started disciplining myself. It was like, yo, it was this whole new world that opened up for me and this whole new energy and this whole new conscious. And it was like, I was on. Like, does anybody remember the point where you really woke up in life and you were like, okay, now this makes sense? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, so now when I woke up, then I met this person. That was in my face the whole time. Like, we, we had knew each other. The funny story was like, um, she used to like mess with my friend, right? She, she used to mess with my friend and, um, but you know, we would have never thought that we would have been together. Like we didn't, we like we knew each other in passing, but it wasn't that serious. So it was like when I started to like open up, it just so happens that she was opening up and she was growing at the same time, and we just linked as friends. So like we would uh we would go we would go jogging together, we were reading some of the same books. You know, we were buying the same incense. You, 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 you know, all this. <laughs> what, what scent was it? Yeah, okay. It was, um, <laughs> it was black powder. Tea. Black powder, nice. Black, black powder. powder. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, I mean, like, uh, you, you know, we were, like, we were into, we were into movies. We were into music. Um, it, yo, it was just all these, like, we had all these things in common. And, like, what was really beautiful is that I felt like I had, company because sometimes it's like when you wake up to yourself the people that you was cool with before so I'm so I'm a leader of like a lot of different people and now it's like a lot of the stuff that I got people into and was rallying people around I was like I can't do that stuff no more and they looking at me like yo I'm the reason why you you, you know you you the reason why I'm doing all this decadent stuff right <laughs> so um decadence. so so yeah like I had to switch over and then from there it was like, you know, like people didn't understand me, but then I found somebody that was going through the same things and we were learning the same things and it was just really, 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 really beautiful. And it was so beautiful that like, I mean, it lasted for like a year. No, no, wait. <laughs> no, but look, look, it lasted, cause I mean, you, you know, it was college. So yeah, it's, it's like- Yeah, college, that was like 10 years. Yo, yo, right, yeah. yo, yo. Yeah. Cause, 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 cause remember, College is every single day. Yeah. You know, here, <laughs> right? Like here, Especially you can- Especially if you live on campus. Right, if right. you live on campus, right? right. Mm -hmm. And the campus wasn't that small. So it's like, I mean, it wasn't that big. So it was like, yo, it was like, we were together for a long time, you know, in dog years, right? But so, <laughs> so, um, so um, yeah, so it was just really, really beautiful. Like, yeah, we rocked up for like a year and a half. And it was, I mean, amazing, right? It was so amazing that I studied abroad the next semester, right? Mm. And it was hard to leave. I went to Africa, I went to Kenya. Um, this is like my senior year, or like my junior year. So I went, so I, you know, if you're in a relationship, you're like, man, you ain't supposed to be going overseas. And that, you know, it was a big risk, but it was an opportunity that I had. So I took the opportunity and it, look, our connection was so, it was so good that I was in, I was really in Africa like, no, I'm sorry, I have, a, I have a girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? People was looking at me like, my friends was looking at me like, yo, what is wrong with you? And then the women were looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> right? Like, but then, so now, now fast forward to the song, I remember being in Africa 
and being in a room, in a, like in a dark room, playing this song and um, with like three other young ladies, right? And it was all plutonic and then from there, it was my roommate, because it was one of my best friends from here. Um, and we were just, and we were talking. And then I wound up talking about her mm. in Africa mm. to this song, right? Oh. And it was just like, it was amazing. So the song is so powerful because, um, you know, D'Angelo had just came out. So like this was the first song you heard from D'Angelo away from Brown Sugar. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, so like, you know, this is a song we would, you know, we would get it down to here. But then even when I was away, I could like, when I put this song on, it kind of put us, it kind of, I lived in the song, if that made sense. Like you ever lived in a certain album or a certain, like you put this on and it's like, life makes sense now. It's yeah. like you motivated. So it's like this song, like just encompasses, like encompasses so much for me at that moment in time. So, you know, that's my story that I'm telling. You know what I'm saying? I'm sticking to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So I actually, I actually heard somebody in the crowd a question that I was wondering. Well, where's okay. she at now? Where's she at now? She's um, she's um, she's in China. Oh. Really? Is she? The no, 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 no. I mean, no. So like, uh, she's in she's in uh, China, and I just hit up the other day because um, you know they got that thing over there. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So no, I you know just checked on him like yo, you know what's going on, whatever. But like. What happened was, it was one of those things, too, that it was like, um, you know, when you have a connection with somebody, right, and you don't manage it well on both sides, mm -hmm. it's like you wind up, you know, some, you know, like having sex when you know you're not supposed to be together, but then you try to make, you, you, mm -hmm. you know, you try to go backwards, and it's like it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper into the wrong thing to the point where then you just can't be around each other, like yeah. for safety purposes, because you don't want to be, you know, have relapses and stuff like that. But I'm sorry. Sorry. That's <laughs> what? Wait a minute. No, so I mean, so I mean, so like, no, nah, I mean, so beautiful sister, you know, we cool, but you know, after like after a while, after college, it was like, yo, for me, I'm like, no, I gotta stop. Like, if you're not going to be with somebody, don't lead them on. Mm. Don't pretend. Facts. Don't, Facts. don't exploit the situation. Because then it's just like stuff, you know, it, because then what happens is like, you can actually, after your relationship, you can actually just be good people to each other. Yeah. Right? If you don't complicate things. So we're like, we're like mad cool and stuff like that. But um, yeah. And that's it. So. Nice, nice, nice. Did you ever play Hypnotic for her? Did y'all ever listen to it together? Oh, no, no, no. We did. I mean, like, yo, we did, like, nah, do all that. Um, He's like, do I want to tell okay. that? I don't know. Okay, I got you. I, I was, no, I'm yeah, stop. I see. Um, no, I see no, like, no. Like, this was, a, this was a song, you know, it was many songs during that. And, and just to say this, too, if y'all remember, yo, in 96, mm -hmm. music was so good. Like, so good. R&B was so good. Hip-hop was so mm. good. Like, you just had this, like, black excellence was... And then the movies. So my favorite movie is Mo' Better Blues, right? Mm. You know, like, I saw this movie when I was, like, 13. Like, some, some... Like, I look at my students, and the stuff that they're watching now at 13 is like, damn, yo, this is what I was watching at 13. Yeah, I was patterning yeah. myself 
after Denzel Washington. Like mm -hmm. my three icons was Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest, yes. Denzel Washington, and Kadeem Hardison hmm. on A Different World. Yes. So those, so those were look, look, those were the, those were the black men that I was trying to be like. I wasn't like, I wasn't about no thug life. I was like, nah. I had mad people that I could be like, nah, cool. I'm a, I'm gonna do this. Y'all, y'all doing this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. So just saying that. The music was so good, like absolutely she heard the song and stuff like that. Like this was a song we lived in, mm. right? This was a song like when you put this song on, then it's like food start cooking and stuff just starts happening. Stuff starts happening. There we go. And Do you have a favorite part of the song? Uh, this is so cool that I can be here by the thing, right? Like this is uh, Doing what DJs do. Uh, Listen, like, just listen to D'Angelo. Yeah, it's like, like, the whole song. Then the story that he's telling is about this, about this, um, this girl he was cool with, they would see each other once in a while, and then they got separated, and then by the time he found her again, she was dead. Yeah. So it was like, yo, I mean, so yeah, it's just like, yeah, music is amazing, 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 amazing. And thank you for having us here to actually discuss this. Can you give it up for the host and the team at Brick and yes. everybody? Like, this is really important, so yeah. And thank you for helping us bring it to life because we actually get to hear the music that we're talking about. Um, and so also another 20 year plug now that Jamea brought it up. So Voodoo turned 20, what was that, two weeks ago? I don't know about y'all, but I spent that day watching Untitled. How does it feel? <laughs> <laughs> I bet it felt good. Twice. And then I know how it felt. Um, <laughs> and then it was also D'Angelo's birthday, what, two days ago? Something right. like that. So, so good. We're bringing, bringing that brother's energy up into the space as well. And so now we are almost at the close of the night. However, I cannot let everybody else tell a story without me telling a story. Now, I broke the rules a little bit because I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit, y'all, I'm not a good storyteller. You ask me to tell a story, I'm going to take you in true black fashion from point A to point Z. We might reach M at some point. We might reach the mountaintop of the story, but I don't know. So I had to write mine down, all right? So we're going to take a little trip to 1998 with, uh, with uh, Mostef and Talib Kweli, a black star. And I'll let y'all listen to it a little bit as I get myself together with my papers. This is a story in three parts. So cute. Yeah, that's me. You don't remember exactly when it started, 
the whisper that is. If you had to guess, it would be sometime after the summer of 93. For the six years up until then, you, gap tooth, chubby, and brown, were blissfully unaware that you would soon begin to look in the mirror and count all the ways you thought everything about the way you looked was wrong. Perhaps it begins as you sit in between the comfort of your mother's legs. As she takes down the two-strand twist you constantly tug at to stretch into a ponytail, you silently plead for her not to cornroll your hair. You want it hot combed or blow dried so it can cascade down your back just like Abigail's, even if afterwards it will look nothing like Abigail's, whose burnt ginger skin and jet black curls make her different than you, Dominique, Nicole, or any of the other brown skinned girls you'd ever seen before. Or maybe it's the first time you meet your god sister. Her sandy brown hair obediently sweeping across her forehead Aaliyah style with hazel eyes that flicker specks of green depending on where the sun falls upon her face. Her skin tone is sweetly described by rappers of the day as if it were ice cream. She is butter pecan and French vanilla. She looks nothing like you and like everything you wish you were. Or it could be when you finally notice what is not said aloud, how you are never the star of any of the schoolyard rumors about being Omar or Jamil or Jason or Kenneth's latest crush, how your first dance offered by Raymond Pinkston to Ice Cube's We Be Clubbing was an unspoken act of mercy orchestrated <laughs> by a friend. No, no. It had to be the night of the sixth grade talent show. You arrive unsure. The shiny cloud-colored lycra skirt with an age-appropriate slit is tighter than the cuffed boot-cut jeans you normally wear, but you have a desperate need to be noticed. When Antoine cuts across the classroom and walks towards you, you believe this, this will be your moment. And though he is not your first choice, he is a boy, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that. From the glint in his eyes as you stand across from one another, you believe you have finally been noticed. It's all you ever wanted until he opens his mouth and says, Damn, Nia, I didn't know you had a fat ass. I would date you if you wasn't so ugly. Mm. For the next 10 years, you hear it, the whisper that is. Though faint, it's a persistent refrain that houses itself in the everyday of your thoughts. You hear it every time you look in the mirror and obsessively pick at your skin, then dot your face with your mama's pillin' tube of Ambi cream. You hear it every time you set the blow dryer to the highest heat setting and turn your edges into ashes. You hear it every time you shamefully bring two sizes into the dressing room because you know no matter how much you want it to, the smaller size won't fit. You hear it when you purposefully fail the vision test in the nurse's office so you can get a prescription to wear glasses that you hope will hide your hyperpigmented eyelids. You hear it when you rip up the professional pictures you and your cousin took at the winter dance. When he asks you about them, you say they never came. You hear it when you decide not to take high school or college graduation photos. In yearbooks, if it were not for your name, there would be no proof of your attendance. You hear it, you hear it, you hear it, you always hear it. Girl, you ugly. Two. 
At 16, I am a blossoming, insecure flower cast in the starring role of chubby, loudmouth best friend. I am crash jokes and not above a well-timed cuss word just to get a laugh. I am smart. I am A's in every subject except math. I am staying up until 2 a.m. to perfect poster boards and presentations that should be no more than seven minutes long. I am hardworking. I am confident that I will get out of Oakland. I am busy, after school peer health educator meetings busy, after school and weekend shifts at Cold Stone Creamery busy, diversity works meetings busy, college counseling sessions busy, aimlessly walking up and down Telegraph Ave with Tyresa and or Michelle busy, over at Clarissa House busy, anything to keep me out of the house and out of my head for as long as possible busy. I am alternating crushes on Christian, David, and Roby with a forever crush on Jason. I am three to four page odes to these boys scrawled in black or blue bubble-shaped letters in my journal. I am love Lauren stanzas like, I want to be your soul, sister, and you can be Bilal. Allow me to express all this love I have bottled up inside like music soul child. Hey. <laughs> or, I know I ain't too much for looks, but I could surely stimulate your mind. I am a size 36 inch waist that shops for jeans in Old Navy's men's section and never wear shirts tucked in. I am waking up at 5.30 a.m. to quietly sweat through Tybo in the living room before I get ready for school. I am cankerline kinky twists or t-shirts worn as head wraps because I refuse to wear my hair out. I am brown, not mahogany, not sienna, not burnt ginger, not caramel, not butter pecan, not French vanilla, just plain brown. I am a deep, deep aching unspoken sadness. I am looking for anyone to tell me I am beautiful and am hoping to one day believe it. Three. The night you told me I was beautiful, I was far from home. Concrete sidewalks gave way to fresh dirt roads and tall oak trees etched the skyline. The air was fresh. I, along with a group of several other teens, each of us wrestling with ourselves in our own way, had been shepherded into the woods for a weekend of icebreakers and trust circles. We were on our annual peer health educator retreat. It was the first time I had known the word to have any other meaning than locking myself in my room, turning off all the lights, and playing Stevie Wonder's Creepin' on repeat. As night crawled to twilight, a few of us camped out in the living room, drowning the silence with the low rumble of indistinct bass lines from someone's speakers and the hushed whispers of secrets not to be repeated when we returned to the city. I laid on the couch stubbornly fighting sleep. Then I heard you, as faint as the whisper. Brown skin lady, yes, yeah, yeah. Where you going? Brown skin lady, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you doing? Brown skin lady, yeah, mm-hmm. How do you feel? And I knew you were talking to me and to Nicole, and to Dominique, and to all us brown girls, soon to be women, who had yet to lay claim to all you said that made us beautiful. I didn't know there was a song for us. Nobody had told me there was a song for us. A praise poem in 4-4 time to turn to when the world told us and we told ourselves that we were the exact opposite of everything you said we were. 
At the time, I didn't need to know from who or where you came. It was simply enough to know you existed. The chorus of your admiration, the only whisper I heard that night as I fell asleep. Time and repeated listens would tell me your origin story. How you were crafted in some faraway place called Brooklyn by two lean-faced men with youth edging their jawlines. How your sample, carved from the melody of a man whose name I knew from my daddy's record collection, was a rumination for what we almost lost termed reclamation. It would be a lie if I told you that as I twisted my tongue on, oh copper tone, oh you copyright infringement, that I always believed you. That on some days the whisper rose above my ability to press repeat. But when I did, you were always there to tell me what it would take years to finally tell myself. And all I can say is, all praise due, I thank God for a song like you. everybody I was I was about to hit this drop the mic said I'd be like boom we're going to the next part but then PJ was like no 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 we're gonna discuss everybody's song you got it we got to discuss yours I did not have so, that sound so yes <laughs> now PJ, now now you did not say now now now, now. you're right let me ask you okay uh, number one beautiful thank you thank that you for gorgeous. thank you for that offering of self-love and beauty mm -hmm. um listening to that now for the first time reading it out loud in front of other people, how do you express or how do you feel about your brown skin present day versus how you saw it before? Oh man, you know, uh, you know, now I thrive in it. You know, I'm like, oh bam, I'm brown. Especially when summer hits, I'm like, I'm about to get tan and I'm about to get even browner on okay. you, you know? Right. Um, so, I, so I feel good about it, but it, it, took, it took a long time to get there. Um, and, you know, as I was writing this and I was thinking about it, you know, uh, it's not like growing up outside of old Antoine, which I don't even know what happened to him. If I could remember his last name, I would look him up on Facebook because he owed me some money for therapy. But outside <laughs> of him, you know, it's not like it's not like anybody was telling me that I was ugly every day, but it was just something. Right. Mm -hmm. There's, I feel like there's something for us as brown-skinned black women. It's something we carry in the blood. It's something like osmosis just in the air as we look around and what it is that we're seeing and what mm -hmm. it is that we're hearing and, and um, the way we see our mothers not loving itself, themselves. You know, we, we pick up on it, you know? And so um, where I am now is in the process of still, as much as I love myself, still undoing all of that, you know. Um, and a song like this definitely helps. It definitely helped. Um, it was the first time I ever saw somebody straight out just being like, yo, brown skin girl, you dope, you fly. Where you at on the Ave? I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to be all up in your head rap, you know. Um, Wow. I just had in up in your head rap. You know, I just I just hadn't I just hadn't I hadn't That's heard or seen that before and so this was just such a um just such a revelation, just such a revelation to help get me to that point. Well you're gorgeous. So well, thank don't you. ever let it. anybody yes, tell you indeed. that you're ugly. Thank you. You hear that, Antoine? <laughs> you hear that, Antoine? <laughs> Oh, he had a peanut head too. He had some nerve. If, if I was more sure of myself, right. if I was more sure of myself, uh -huh. get out here with your peanut shaped head. But then I was just like, damn, I 
most of But those were the best. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day. With the peanut head? The peanut heads. Because when you look back on the guys you used to like, and you see them now, <laughs> you're like... I'm the one sitting on this panel with peanut head, yeah. and they sitting here talking about peanut heads. I almost like that. I like the round head myself. So if you could tell yourself something... Um, your younger self something right now, what would it be? Oh, man. I'd be like, Nia, girl, look at you. You you out here. You did it. You outside. You outside. You did it, girl. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be good. You know, it's going to be is. good. Yes. Yeah. Antoine would want you now. Yeah, I know. He wishes But he you wouldn't want Antoine. No, because he had a peanut head. <laughs> but let me just say this, since you did say that, okay? And I'm going to, hold on. Let me he's take the, the mic off the of this one, okay? <laughs> Oh, she's going to do a Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Now, I know we shared, we shared a lot of stories. We had some love stories. Definitely had some love stories. But, you know, we, we wasn't giving you like, oh, I got married and meet me at the altar, Jagged Edge. Right. We wasn't giving you that, okay? Because <laughs> there's different uh, definitions and variations of love. However, what I will say is if there is anybody who is on some Jagged Edge and I'm looking around, meet me at the altar. Couples. You two up there. All right. He slid. Oh, there is, she said, no. I say all that to say, now is your time to shine because what we're about to do right now is that you've heard our stories. We've heard, you've heard us. Oh yeah, that's why I took the mic off because I wanted to get up. I wanted to get up and get in the camera. You've heard us. Hallelujah. Tell the tale. Come on now. Jamed, you got like a tambourine or something? Or like, or like a church organ? Or like something? There we go. We got some bells. I said, so you heard us. <laughs> Tell some tales <laughs> of love that did not go so well. Wait. But now it's your turn to come down and join us as we listen to Carl Thomas and sit in this chair right here and tell us your love story. All right, so we invite anyone, anyone who has a love story of any sort who wants yes, to come, come down, down, who wants to come down. Got a hand up right there, hand right there, right there. Come on, come on down, come on down, come on down. Come on down and join us. Now, what I will say, and this is a note, so don't, don't, you know, even though I'm the host, this is not a whole, uh, a note coming from my heart. I'm gonna call Matthew out. Matthew said, "Don't come down here and be talking for like 80 minutes." That's what Matthew said. I didn't say that. Matthew said. So, you know, just make sure your story has a beginning, middle, and end. Or a middle end beginning, or a end beginning middle. Fix your hair, girl. Fix your hair. How about song yeah. and end? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> song. All right. So, so yeah, so come on, come on down. Come on down. Tell, ooh, ooh. come on down and tell us your story. Now, we had somebody who, who was coming down. No, yes, she, she, she wants to fix her hair. You know, right be, okay, all right, now she's coming down. All right, so I'll just we, sing it to We you. help our down. queens fix their crowns, not talk about them after they're down. Now, hold on. Y'all do know this is a song about an extramarital affair. It is love. Katie, you're right. That is a... Whoa, whoa. Sweet thing. All right. So, yeah. So, come on down. Come on down. Everybody give a round of applause. All right. So, come on down. And you actually have a mic. We're fancy here. You got your own mic. All right. So, come on. So, what is your name, first and foremost? Boston. I am a community producer here. Oh, yes. Called Shifting Paradigm. Wonderful, yes, wonderful, wonderful. Shift. So, what's your song? I have three. Oh, okay. oh see, right. now we oh, have she to was pick ready. one. She, said, she, she was ready. ready. She said, I got three. <laughs> okay. She was like, all right, so what, what are your three songs and uh, what, what, what's your story? Okay, Suddenly uh, by Billy Ocean. Um, Ooh. 
Let in some. How did you get here, my daughter? Oh, okay. How did you get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. <laughs> and I always love between the sheets. Between the sheets? Between the now, do all of these three songs relate to one story? Because when you got in the middle and you said, how did you get here? I was like, oh, it's about to be some drama. But are these all like three separate stories? Okay, so it's one story. Okay, different okay. moments. Okay. Um, but different people. Ooh. Oh, okay. Okay, so um, suddenly was my first real love. We literally um, used to wear the same clothes in reverse. And we wouldn't even talk to each other about it. Mm -hmm. It was the weirdest thing. I, I don't think, when I got pregnant by this person, I, my first two older children, um, he used to, I used to feel sick, he used to throw up. Mm. Mm. So it was that type of thing. And um, I remember when we, it was, we still are in each other's lives now, but for, 10 years we didn't talk after we broke up because it was so traumatic to me. And I remember that someone called me and they said, what happened to Colette? I remember this girl walking down the street in white shorts and she, nobody could touch her. And that is when I realized I had to come back to myself. And that's when I met um, my third daughter's dad. And that was, how did you get here? Because I was not trying to fall in love. Okay. And um, then the other one was between the sheets, sexes. I mean, it just sucks. Well, itself, yeah, you know. pretty much. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow, we just gonna end it there. Said, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if you know what you're doing, it's always very good. Oh, right. Well, all right. All right, all right. Well, all right. All right, all right. Everybody okay, give right. a round of applause. PC13. Oh, uh, now, see, you, you, done, you done played the nasty part, you done played the body roll part. Ah! Okay. I'm celibate, y'all. Who else? Somebody better come down here. Somebody better come in, Ren Ren. Somebody better come down here. Oh, okay. Oh, Katie, everybody, welcome Katie to the stage. Katie, how you doing? How are you? It's good to see you. So Aww. I loved you guys' stories, but um, uh -oh. none of them had um, adult activities, and so well, I thought I would. Well, we got kids here. I'm not gonna be explicit. Okay. We gonna uh -oh. talk around it. Oh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> had babies and here. I'm like the youngest on this panel. So. You are. You are. Yes. And I'm talking about adult things. Yes. <laughs> How fitting. So I really wanted to mention the "Waiting to Exhale" soundtrack. Oh! Yes. Faith Evans kissing you. That's but specifically, but specifically, the GLC. kissing you, oh, kissing you. Come on now. by Faith Evans. Yeah, I'm gonna. T I'm just like, just little vignettes of how I experienced the song. Cause I was actually born in the '90s, so by the time I saw the movie, I was like, it's inappropriate, but <laughs> very timely the for the information that I got. Um, cause I, obviously the subject matter was like really elevated, but I knew that like that soundtrack was like yeah, life. Um, and I don't know if y'all remember the scene with Kenneth and Savannah because he's a good man, Savannah. Going back, um, Kenneth and Savannah, well, Savannah had been with the dude that, no. Kenneth, had, Savannah had been with the guy that was grunting 
Yeah, but was this at the New Year's Eve party? No, that okay. was I'm gonna make you my that's wife. That's right, that's right. Yeah, good song, yeah, but yeah, no. Yeah. She got yeah. vocals. She sang. Uh-huh. Yes, you better plug your vocals. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and just what it meant to like she was with the dude at the party and it didn't work, and then she was with the dude that was grunting and it didn't work. That's okay, I remember. Him. But then she got with Kenneth, but Kenneth was still with his wife. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, remember, yes. like. It was like so good because he knew how to love a woman, right? And at the time, I did not understand all of these very elevated concepts. But then that song just kept showing up. And like, y'all remember when Moesha and Hakeem yes. first slow danced on Moesha? Yes, right. yeah. It's to this song. Yeah. I know, I know. So uh, I won't tell my personal story with this song, but I really think that that's like a special moment. For music and for time. And so you don't have a love story? I made out with a dude on the bus with that on my earbuds, but y'all say we got to keep it kind of PG, so I'm going to keep it right there. <laughs> everybody, everybody talk to We're going to meet later after this is over. Katie by the cafe. Get your drinks. She's going to be holding court and telling us this story. Thank you, thank you, Katie. Thank you. This, yeah, this, this was just, oh, this was such a good soundtrack. I, too, read, I, I, uh, I remember my mother and her sisters going to go see Waiting to Excel like a women's night, like, ooh, black women's night. Ooh, we gonna go see Waiting to Excel. They didn't take me, I was too young, but I had read the book. I, too, was exposed to it too early. I read that book at, like, 10. Highly, highly. Wait, yeah. so you know on that whole soundtrack, the only song that is actually inappropriate, inappropriate is TLC's This Is How It this Works. Is, yeah, this is, and yeah. that is the only song that my mother, grew up, growing up, was like, no, one, two, ready, go. Then we're out of the now. No, she don't even know any of this. <laughs> Lick me, touch me, taste this. No, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah, the whole lyrics, y'all. Yeah, she did. That's actually my favorite TLC song. Yeah, that's such a distance. How something to That's a good song. It was. That's a good song. Elise, you want to come on down? Uh-oh. Come on down, Elise. Come on down. And I also want to give um, Elise a shout out. Elise is here. She works in on a marketing team. You got to be mean. Elise was uh, as, to be single-handedly responsible for getting the word out about this event. We were on the Brooklyner on their website. Don't even know how it popped up. How? Because of Elise. Um, and Elise is always so amazing in supporting everything that's happening here um, at Brick. So give her a round of applause for that. Okay, so I was so excited about this event. Um, and blessings to you, Nia. Blessings to you, Angelie Vaughn and PJ. So the three songs that I had, speaking of soundtracks, was oh, no, uh, no, no, no. the Love Jones. So, sorry, did I say something? Oh. <laughs> what did I say? Okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So the Love Jones, which came out in 1997, which is like my favorite movie. So I wanted to mention two songs mm. off there, Maxwell's Something Something. Yes. And yes. then uh, Cassandra Wilson, I think, oh, which is You Move Me. You Move Me. Yes. Oh. Oh, so oh, good. good. So good. good and then the other one is uh, the Mary J. Blige album, My Life. So when I think about love, it always brings me back to those two albums, but specifically um, number nine on, so which is I Never Want to Live Without You, which if you don't know that one, you should look it up. It's really just... Number nine is just everything mm-hmm. off the My Life album. Okay, that's all yes, I got. Okay. It's okay. everything. All right, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. 
that, if y'all have not heard that clip, oh yeah, Matthew's gonna come up, but I just, you know, Matthew, come on up, come to the chair. I was just gonna talk a little bit about Cassandra Wilson, you moved me. That mm, song, mm, when she mm. said, remember moments, when she hit you with that deep in there, she hit you with it. So precious and rare. <laughs> oh, my favorite part. Mm, the thought of you kissing or touching me there. I was looking up, I was actually looking up Cassandra Wilson today on YouTube, actually, before we came. First of all, she don't have her locks no more. Just know that, okay? And then also, um, she was having an issue with YouTube um, with her record, or like her distributor, where they were like putting ads on her videos, and she's like, I don't want this. So I just say all that to say, you know, look up Cassandra Wilson, see what's going on with her, shout her out. Oh, here it comes. Kissing me well, I'm sorry, Matthew, one more thing. Another one. Her version of Sting, I think it's Sting's Love is Blindness. Oh, baby, get into that one, too. That's off of, um, I don't remember what al album that's off of, but get into Love is Blindness. No, you too, you too. I think the song is by you too, but look up Love is Blindness, Blindness mm. Cassandra Wilson. Matthew, our conceiver of the event, if that is yes. a word, curator. Producer extraordinaire Matthew Allen, you got a you got a you got a song for us? Uh, yes, yes I do. Um, I have one and a half technically, but What's one of them is the main <laughs> one of the main song, and they both have to do with um, my my uh, my son, my son Christopher. Mm. So um, you guys were talking about voodoo, and um, one of my favorite D'Angelo songs is the last song on the voodoo album, which is Africa. And Africa is a gorgeous, gorgeous song, and it talks about, you know, just the disconnection of, of black people from the heritage um, of their ancestry from long before. But it also digs into the birth of his firstborn son, D'Angelo's firstborn son. And the lyric in the bridge in particular makes me think of my son Christopher when he says, um, Sorry, I'm gonna cry if I, I gotta not sing it, because if I sing it, I'm gonna start crying. I got tissue. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since the day you came, my whole world began to change. I knew then to dedicate my life for your own, and this day will come. Every day I see you grow and remember what you already know. I receive the love that radiates from your glow. Um, I remember before he was born, before he was even created, I used to listen to that song and cry, and I didn't know why. But then, after he was born, I listened to it again, and then I was like, oh. That's that that ain't number God right there. And the half song I, I wanted to say was um, the song that was playing when he actually was born. So in uh, Methodist Hospital, um, uh, he was born, and they were playing music in the background, and when I first held him in my arms, the song that was playing was uh, You Give Good Love by Whitney Houston, the first song on their self-titled album. So even though lyrically it's just like a love song, but every time I hear that, now you're here like you've been before and you know just what I need. It took some time for me to see. Every time that part comes on, that's the part where I held him in my arms for the first time and I had the biggest, loudest laugh 
that I ever had. And so those two songs, I'm, I was just in love with him from the, the, the jump, and that, that was it. Come on, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say one thing also, guys. Um, if you're in a relationship, or even if you're not in a relationship, um, if you've never done this, I suggest that you do pick a song and slow dance to. Mm. The, the intimacy that is... Because you were talking about this album, the Love Jones album, Duke Ellington, Sentimental Mood. Oh, yeah. Number one, and the reason why you say to my number guy, um, that was the last song that we slow danced to before he became inpatient in the hospital. Mm. And I will cherish for the rest of my life that caress, that feeling. Mm. So if you love your partner, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, what. Whatever you were saying. Situation. <laughs> Situationship. Situationship. Take a moment and inhale their essence mm. by dancing to a song. That's it. You better say essence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. We got one more. Justin, before you, before you go, I'm going to get you on deck because I saw a hi hi over here in the corner. Hey, everybody say hey to her. Hi. Hey. hey. Come, come on up here in this chair. Come on up here in this chair. How you hey. doing? Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Whew. So there are a lot of songs that I love, but one particular one is um, You Are My Starship. Oh, Norman um, Connors. That makes me cry. Jeez. That song come on, absolutely man. makes me... Don't play it, Jamed. Okay, play it. I was gonna but, say, you gotta, you gotta play that. You but it, 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 it's, um, when I first heard it, I was, I was, first of all, I have to give props to my mom, because my mom was a big, big music person, particularly jazz, and particularly really, ooh. That's all right. She got me into music. So this, it's the song that, um, this song speaks about the epitome of what love is, right? The lyrics, the way it um, eases into the mood and um, gets you to a place where you want to be taken up in a starship. Mm -hmm. Tonight. Mm. However way you yeah. get there. Yeah. Children in the room, but... Um, <laughs> no, they left. They um, left the car. It's, it's such a dope song. So if those who have never heard it, please, please go home and listen to it. And listen to it. Right? Um, what? Come on now. That's loud right there. You know what? Go ahead and sing this one. You are my starship. Come take me up tonight. Yeah, 
yell at you to say is that when he's like, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one other one. Now nah, I'm a huge Prince fan. Oh. Ain't nobody a bigger Prince fan than me. But um, there's many. But one in particular song is um, when two are in love. Oh. And when I first heard, I was young when I first heard it, but I knew exactly what he was talking about. It, that's a song right there. Prince gets you in the gut. That's a song right there. Prince gets you in the gut. You know, you don't really understand Prince until you become an adult. I think. My, oh, in my, no, my, well, in my, experience. my favorite Prince song is Nothing Compares to You. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I a good one, too. That's and a then good when one. Sinead O'Connor redid it. That's a good one. Ooh. I'm going to go with, well, right now, Joy and Repetition. Oh. That's my Ooh. one right there. We're going to be whole night. We start I know. That's a, that's a whole nother. Catch us in June. <laughs> Matthew, can we come back and do a whole Prince night? Where's Matthew at? Let's, let's do a, a Prince whole night. A whole community Prince night. Because his birthday's June 7th. Yeah, yeah. come on. We can, let's make it happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Mr. Barker. Justin Barker. Yes. Coming to the we might be Hey, uh, so my song, uh, it reminds me of um, kind of the first time that I was starting the process um, of coming out of the closet. And it's a very ironic song because it's a very beautiful song. But the song is Pretty Wings uh, by Maxwell. Maxwell. Uh, yep. Uh, that's, that particular summer when I was an undergrad, I focused on the lyric of your face will be the reason I smile. Not listening to any of the other lyrics. Mm. None of the other lyrics at all. But we, I just kind of like, it was my first same-sex experience. And like, I was a Preachers, you know, I was in the church, you know, we weren't talking about this thing, but I like falling in love with this man and this song. Um, And it was very ironic because how our situation ended was very much how um, the song ended. And so um, after that summer ended, I could not listen to that song for three years. See, you playing it now, but it means something different now. I can listen to it. We good. (laughs) Um, uh, But... Um, this song is a very special place in my heart, and, I, and another ironic thing is um, it was 10 years this past summer, um, and during World Pride, he actually came here, and we had a bunch of friends here and all this stuff, and one of my friends was like, yo, Justin, I think so-and-so like, wants to apologize to you uh, for how he treated you back then, because after that experience, I wasn't talking to anybody, I was like going to psychiatrists and taking all this antidepressants and all this stuff, and to hear him say, like, I need to apologize to you. Like, mind you, I don't cry often. But when my friend told me this, I was like, oh, shoot, here you go. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Here's 10 years worth of, like, an apology that right. I was waiting to hear. Um, and so, needed. yeah, this song reminds me of that experience. We cool now. We be talking on Instagram and stuff. But okay, it's all right. We fine. We fine. Yeah, get, I, I'm not going to comment. Okay. <laughs> all right. So it looks like, Matthew, time for one more? We have time for one more, we're gonna wrap it up. Okay, so with that said, we have come to the end of our evening. Thank you so, so very much for coming out for your support. Oh, hold on, one more slide. Bam, everybody here is on the IG, so get connected. That's me up there, the Black Connection. We got Job Medicine, bam. Absolutely Angela Yvonne, bam. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm a phenomenal man. So everybody, so please, please, please get connected to us. Thank you so, so very much for coming out tonight. Sonic Blackness, everybody. Sonic Blackness. Give a round of applause for Angela Yvonne.
Give a round of applause for DJ Ryan. Give a round of applause for DJ John Madison.